if it's anything like the '90s cartoon, then Emma's gonna win. Cause Jingle. Well, trip. they'll probably not do that because I think they want to fix, you know, how Jing is perceived. Oh no, they should definitely keep that going. <laughs> <laughs> I want her passing out. I want her screaming. I want her tripping over cables again. Like I want the works. If we're gonna do you nostalgia, know, let's do nostalgia. I was watching some of it the other day, like I had it on in the background while I was cleaning up. Mm-hmm. And they really did have Jean like they kind of played her. At one point she <laughs> used her mouse and like and like ran and just fell. And like yes, nobody was there. Oh, she's falling. <laughs> she was like, there's like a Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Another Relaunch. I am Rogue, aka Anna Marie. Oh, oh actually, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's Anna Marie LeBeau. Ooh, <laughs> Thank you. She's a married woman now. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. I am Dr. Adam Brashear, aka The Blue Marvel. Check out my oh, new king. Book. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Yes. Have you um, are excited for him? to hopefully make a debut in the MCU? Yes, I am, actually. And so, you know, the guy who they've been talking about is rumored to play him, Shamir Anderson. He is on this show called mm-hmm. Winona Earp. It's a Canadian series. It's like she they fight supernatural creatures. Um, I love him from that show. So when they okay. were like, oh, he might be in the Marvels as Blue Marvel, I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then, you know, they just released a John Wick trailer over the weekend for SDCC. He's in John Wick 4. Oh, he's definitely going to be Blue Marvel then. <laughs> I was, exactly. I was like, oh, they're, they're building him up. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Good for him. Does he look good in it? I didn't see the trailer. Yeah, I mean, he's on there for like maybe like two or three shots and one he's getting stabbed or like beat up. So. <laughs> what? At least we know he can do the action scenes. That's fine. That's all that matters. Speaking, oh, really quick. And Mm -hmm. I know, which is like great because, you know, they love making Blue Marvel. I mean, I guess he should be old. He has like a year. But (laughs) still, (laughs) we're skipping all that. Um, (laughs) That's that. You want to say something about action? Did you see The Gray Man? Yes, yes. That's exactly what I was going to talk about. The Gray Man. I watched it in the movie. Anna de Armas, that's a woman. Queen. She had on her business bob, and she was doing exactly what yes. she <laughs> We will stand. Chris Evans is amazing mm-hmm. in it. He, like, honestly kind of steals the show. He's, like, a, he's the villain in it. He plays such a charismatic oh, okay. actor. Like, he's actually a really good actor. He is. I kinda, like, he goes up, and, like, good for him. Uh, Ryan Gosling's making it. He his, came like, a long way since Not Another Team movie. Okay, like moved on up, and he just like we love that for him. Ryan Gosling's been in it. He was do- he's been doing his press tour, but all they've been asking him about is Barbie, which is fantastic. I can't wait for that. I'm already like shopping for my pink outfit. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I'm because I might go a couple okay. of times. I think I'm gonna do a crop top, but like I'm ready <laughs> to go see Barbie. I want to do some like short shorts. 
and mm-hmm. I definitely want like my shoes to be pink. Like it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be a we're gonna be in there. Yeah, I'm ready for I'm ready for Barbie. Um, all right, well let's go ahead and get into the updates of the week. And who child, this was a oh, pretty weekend. big weekend. Yes, you know, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con was just this past weekend. It's still technically going on today while we're recording this. Um, But a lot of news came out. Um, Some we expected, some we didn't expect. Um, I will say this, DC, where you at? (laughs) It was like, it was real quiet for them. I felt so bad. Yeah. Like, it's silent. I mean... What would, I mean, what were they going to do? Oh, they probably were going to do stuff for The Flash. Like Originally, probably planned to do that. I mean, you could have at least brought the cast of Blue Beetle out or something. They finished filming. That's true. Yeah. Like, just talk about the movie. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. They don't know what's going on over there. We don't know when we're going to see it. I saw a rumor that Dua Lipa might be Satana. I'm here for that, though. Dua Peep is going to be Satana? Yes, queen. <laughs> I, I mean, she, she kind of looks the part, I guess. But uh, hot girl. I don't go. Can she act? Well, she's going she to be in two movies. This one comes out later this year, and I think the other one comes out next year. So we'll find out. <laughs> that's my that's my kind of answer. <laughs> you just you just say no. <laughs> Well, she's gonna be in two movies. (laughs) You'll figure it out when we get there. Um, Okay, well, let's talk about some of the stuff that came out of San Diego Comic Con that was pretty hot. First up was um, we've been talking about the comic Dark Crisis from DC. It's been this event that is, um, you know, another DC crisis. Um, But turns out that the name is not just Dark Crisis. The name is, has been revealed to be Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it is a direct sequel to the previous Crisis on Infinite Earths, like the iconic one that kind of started everything. Um, I guess they've said that with this current Dark Crisis, uh, Pariah is going to be trying to recreate the Infinite Earths and redoing what happened in the first Crisis with Krona. Now, if anyone remembers, you know I'm a pretty big Green Lantern fan, in Green Lantern, Krona was one of the original guardians, like the the blue guys. And part of the rules of the universe is that no one is allowed to go and see the beginning of time. Krona didn't care, so he wanted to go see it. And when he did, a I think his machine exploded or something, and that caused like a shake. And that shake in the universe like created multiple universes, and that's how you got the multiverse. Um, I guess pariahs might be going trying to do something like that again. I don't know. This to me sounds like they are using this to again try to fix the the timeline of DC. I think that's why we've mm-hmm. been seeing recently with the Justice Society kind of coming back. I think they're gonna like try to use this to kind of weave everybody back into the the current timeline. How do you feel about like the title reveal? Oh, I felt nothing over the title review. That that just kind of feels like more you throwing stuff to the wall to see what sticks. I feel like everything else about just trying to like fix the timeline, just leave it at this point. Isn't that what Infinite uh, Frontier was supposed to do? And it was kind of just saying like, it's here, do whatever you want, go back in time, blah, blah, blah. Even in 
there was an Aquaman story in one of the comics that came out, I want to say last week, and it was kind of like the last Aquaman story. And it talked about the future event and it showed like his mom and dad renewing their vows. We saw Black Manta and Jackson getting along. We saw Lorena there, um, just like all these really old characters. And it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like that's the point of what this new continuity is. It's kind of everybody's back, just do whatever. Just lean into it, it's your thing. Yeah, I think they should just, just stop trying to fix it at this point. Just, we all know it's broken. It is what it is. Just it's keep everything forward. moving forward. It's not even um, the I same found it, toy anymore. <laughs> I mean, I would rather they just like, I don't know, keep playing with this toy instead of just going to the store and getting another one and trying to pretend exactly. like they're like, let's forget it. <laughs> um, we'll see what's going on with Dark Crisis. I did think it was interesting that they changed the title like there were, no one knew. I think that's kind of cool um, with the way the internet and stuff like that kind of works. Like everything gets out so quickly. I mean, it's hard to still keep surprises. So I thought it was kind of cool to surprise shop everyone. Like, oh, this thing you've been reading was actually called this. So I thought it was kind of cool. Um, Another announcement that came out for a new book coming is the Fantastic Four will be getting a relaunch, as they called it, um, with a new creative team coming in November. And all that was told was there is this picture of a compass and writer is above north and artist is above south. However, the compass is pointing with north pointing west and uh, south is east. So they've left it up to fans to kind of figure out who those people are. I'm not sure who any of those people are, but I'm excited for a relaunch of the Fantastic Four. And for Marvel to be calling it a relaunch, sounds to me like they were like, we're just going to let that whole slot run, just like (laughs) let it go. We're going to bring someone in to kind of change all this stuff. I probably think they're going to re-retcon Franklin into being a mutant again. So I think I'm excited for whoever they have to come in and do this next run of Fantastic. Okay. There was also a um, Hickman and Baleo announcement. And all that was said was what happens when the powers that be meet the natural order of things. And suppose it's going to be some new thing coming in 2023 from Hickman and Baleo it sounds to me like it might be a magic versus science thing, or I'm sorry, magic versus cosmic thing. To me, when it's the powers that be, mm-hmm. sounds like, like, you know, magic and natural order sounds like cosmic. Or maybe reverse. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, I think I see it the other way. <laughs> Actually, yeah. But, <laughs> but, I, said, I said that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but but I get what you're saying. If magic's involved, I might tune in. The announcement, I'm not gonna lie, it didn't really move me. I think a lot of Hickman stuff, and I say this in a good way. I think it's a lot of it tends to be kind of the same story over and over again. And so, mm-hmm. if it involves my favorite characters or anybody who I really enjoy, yeah, I'm there. If not, I wait. Shout so out to Steve. We also He's got. Yeah, I, I really enjoy his art. And his designs are really cool. Um, he does some fantastic designs of characters. So whatever this is, is gonna, at least going to look great. Uh, so we'll see what happens next year in 2023 when that comes out. Um, there was also the more news on Spider-Man Freshman Year, which is a, an original animated series coming from Marvel, which will be released in 2024. Now, originally, 
when this show was announced, they were marketing this as connected into the MCU, where this was going to be an animated series, but it would tell you the uh, freshman year adventures of Peter Parker that we saw in the Spider-Man MCU movies. But now, with everything that's come out, I think they completely kind of abandoned that idea because uh, Nico Minoro is going to be his best friend. Um, the Osborns are yeah. in it, but they look black. <laughs> so, I got a black Norman. Yeah, so I, I think that it's just a completely new show. And uh, there's been some screen slash and stuff that have come out of Hall H showing his new costume, as well as uh, the other kind of villains that are in it. I saw some Scorpion is in it, so that's kind of cool. Um, I'm excited for it. I'll probably watch it. I like Spider-Man. Um, we'll see. It's probably just another cool Spider-Man show. I know that the creators were fans of Spectacular Spider-Man, which is a recent iteration of the Spider-Man cartoon, which I know a lot of fans really liked. So if they were fans of that, I expect it to be pretty good. Um, so I'll we'll see. I'll definitely some clips online. I want to see what yeah. <laughs> I think I think it'll be interesting to see her as like the best friend of Peter Parker. I've seen some people yeah. kind of wondering, you know, if this was... Listen, people can have their opinions about Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but he sells. And I've always said, if you want your favorite character to be pushed, put them around one of those like tentpole characters. So to me, this feels like they're really trying to push Nico Nico. by putting her right next to Peter Parker. So I'm wondering, you know, and, you know, there was some stuff about like a Midnight Suns being registered by Marvel for like trademark Mm -hmm. purposes and everything. I think they might be building up Nico to be like the magic girl of the love that for the her. Super, she's got it super she's got it yeah so there were also some dc announcements that came out in animation as well they announced some a slate of animated movies coming out in 2023 there was rwby um justice league batman the doom that came to gotham you know we got to get you another batman movie and uh, there is Legion, I'm sorry, Legion of Superheroes, which is an animated movie I'm super excited for. I love them. And Justice League War World. Now, if this is anything like Action Comics War World, I'm all well, in. That gag, <laughs> I was like, oh, they doing War World already? I was like, wait, does that mean I'm going to get Midnight and Apollo? Because I'll be here for that. And Natasha Iron, yes, I'm here for that. I also, um, I'm a big fan of Ruby, too. So I'm into the Ruby Justice League one. I know they do a lot of comics with them. Um, I've never read any of them, but the show is dope itself. So, and they just released a new. Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun, especially at the the movie with the like the Justice League there too. I'm excited for the War World movie, but I hope that like they don't replace the Authority with the Justice League. Oh yeah, that'll piss me off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I think I hope they don't do that because I want like. Hollow effect, the rest of them, that's a really good story. Um, so we'll see what happens with DC. But DC animated movies are, for the most part, fairly good. They've been trying some things as far as their animation goes. As and well I like their like, animation style a lot. It's different. I like it. It's uh, very bold, like very dark, heavy lines. Um, but we'll see. So on the movie front, DC did show a trailer for Shazam 2 as well as another trailer for Black Adam. And uh, Shazam, they, I don't know. 
Did you like it? I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't watch it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw like I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched like the first thirty seconds of it, and I was like, I'm not really moved. But then I have a friend who was sitting next to me, and he watched it, so I heard what was going on. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's Shazam, Fury of the Gods, <laughs> and Shazam doesn't really all do Shazams. That's fair. And I That's honestly, Billy. I think the first one was like cute, but. It was whatever. That's kind of how I felt about it, too. That's really all I got. It was cute. <laughs> yeah. It looked like this one has a, a bit of a bigger budget. Um, the costumes look nice. But it looks like all of the kids still have their powers. And, like, they have just been being superheroes. Like, this has to be, like, the last one, though, I assume, right? Because that, the whole thing about Shazam is that he's actually a little boy. Billy Batson that turns into the big strong guy, but it's like at a certain point that little boy's gonna get too old. Exactly, and I mean he definitely looks older in this one as he's supposed to because I'm assuming time just has moved on in the movie. But like, he can't be this young forever. So, <laughs> but I mean we've already said that like I think DC needs to kind of clear the deck anyway and just. It's getting there. It's I mean, fresh. they didn't release anything, so I, honestly, I feel like maybe that might be the plan. Well, they had this also this Black Adam trailer, which came out of Comic Con, and I will say that kind of like what happened with the last trailer, it looks like a movie with The Rock. <laughs> Doctor Fate looks cool. The JSA baby. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. there. I'm not saying anything bad about it. It is what it is. His. Black Adam's lightning looked a little <laughs> looked a little cheap. <laughs> it was giving it was giving Storm and Dark Phoenix. <laughs> oh, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> oh, you don't need to. <laughs> um, okay, switching over to some of what Marvel announced. Um, just gonna Ooh. zoom through these really quickly. Uh, they announced a What If season two, which will come out in early 2023. Um, Marvel Zombies will come out in 2024, and uh, X-Men 97, which will be a continuation of the original X-Men 90 series, and will be out in fall 2023. It also was already ordered uh, for a season two. So. Can I just say, I don't know if you saw, there was like a little clip of when they were doing the reveal of the cast for the show, and like the people were clapping for it, and I was watching that, like, what is everybody clapping for, and why do they do this slow one-by-one -one reveal when it is the exact same cast wearing the exact same thing? I was like, you didn't even update yeah. the suit, like, uh, you couldn't have tweaked it a little bit to make it, like, a little bit of something, it was just like, no, <laughs> here's these characters. They gave, they gave Storm that mohawk. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they did do a little tweaker. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was like so. I don't know. I was in. It was the cheering was was wild because they was they got silent when they got to G. G. They got it really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Which was wild because again, like you said, it was the same group of people they knew like thirty years ago when the show was on. Like and it was just like, oh okay. You just said, like, I just would have been like, oh, this is just a picture from the 90s. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the the levels of who they cheered for was was wild. It was, because the order was strange, because then they, like, made them pause and get real quiet, and then they showed right. Jubilee. <laughs> and why was she, like, a last reveal? Like, oh, my God, Jubilee is here. <laughs> 
Like we didn't already know that. <laughs> <laughs> there was one tweet. It was like, "Ooh, y'all in line crying for Kaya." <laughs> <laughs> That girl crying for Kaya is funny. <laughs> oh, man. If y'all have not seen that, definitely check that out. But um, I, are you excited for X Men ninety seven? Are you going to watch it? They also showed the villains for the show, which were going to be uh, Mr. Sinister, Val Cooper, um, Emma Frost will be a villain. Um, yeah. So, and as well as a range of other characters will be in it. Magneto will be leading the X Men now. He's in his purple costume with the big M on the front. Um, there's also going to be new additions added to the roster. Sunspot, Cable, um, and no other women. <laughs> so. At all. That um, no. I don't know. I wasn't like, the whole idea of X-Men 97 like wasn't super exciting to me in the first place seeing like the reveal. I'll probably check out the first two episodes, but also I don't think I like um, Disney's animation style or the Marvel Studios animation style. So if it feels like it's mm. going to be kind of similar to like that what if and like those scenes and how that was, I probably won't. You know, looking at the concept art that they put out, it might end up looking like a like what if. Yeah, and that's what I'm fearful of because I'm sorry, I really do not enjoy what if. That animation. I'm the girls are gonna get their Jean versus Emma. If it's anything like the nineties cartoon, then Emma's gonna win. Cause Jean Well, trip. they'll probably not do that because I think they wanna fix, you know, how Jean is perceived. Oh no, they should definitely keep that going. <laughs> <laughs> I want her passing out, I want her screaming, I want her tripping over cables again. Like I want the works. If we're going to do you know, nostalgia, let's do nostalgia. I was watching some of it the other day, like, I had it on in the background while I was cleaning up, and they really did have Jean, like, they kind of played her. At one point, she <laughs> used her mouth and, like, and, like, ran and just fell, and, like, yes! nobody was there. Oh, she's falling. She was, like, there was, like, a, there's a YouTube clip. I, I highly recommend everybody go and look it up. There's, like, a YouTube clip of all the times that Jean was just falling in the 90s cartoon and like they show her in this mall <laughs> when Mojo is like kidnapping the team and she's like getting away and then she just trips over this extension cord and it's just like right before she hits the ground he grabs her falling it's great that's Jean poor thing I think that is that video isn't that the one called Jean is useless <laughs> because Someone had to come up with a rebuttal <laughs> that was like, Gene is useful. <laughs> and like, tried to put a, a clip of all of the time she was great in it. Uh, check that out on YouTube, y'all. Um, it's pretty funny. Uh, but, okay, switching over to some, back to some comic news. There was some more nostalgic X-Men stuff coming out. Extreme X-Men will be coming back. And uh, it will be written by Chris Claremont with art by Salvador La Roca. And it'll be a follow-up to the previous Extreme X-Men run that he did, I think, in the early 2000s. So um, there had already been rumors that Claremont was coming back and people were wondering if it was going to be a Krakoa book or, you know, if he was going to get like a spinoff, kind of like that X-Men Forever kind of thing before. But I was not expecting a sequel to Extreme X-Men Um I mean, it'll be fun to go visit that era again, but I guess I wanted something current. Yeah, I mean, I like Extreme X-Men, but again, agreed. I would have preferred him on Krakoa. 
of the match. Yeah. And I don't know. This may lead into something else, so he might still do something. Yeah, it's a fish, it's a five issue miniseries, so who knows what it evolved into? We'll see. But oh well, it'll be nice. Yeah, I have some fresh writers on the squad. They need it. Um, there were also the Eisners that came out of uh, San Diego Comic Con, which were basically, like I said before, they are the you know the Oscars or like the Grammys of comic books, and some pretty big nominations, some pretty big wins. I won't go through all of them, but um, some, <clears throat> excuse me, some major ones were like best single issue or one shot, and the nominations were Marvel's Voices, Identity Number One, Mouse Guard, Nightwing Number Eighty Seven, um, Wolven Daughter, and Wonder Woman Hysteria, which was the winner, and um, Historia. And uh, shout out to Kelly Sudakonic and Phil. Jimenez yeah. for that because that Dream that was right there. They did and that wasn't that was an epic comic book. Yeah, uh, going through some of the other winners uh, for best continuing series, the winner was uh, Bitter Root. Congrats by David Walker, Chuck well Brown, and Separate Green. Definitely congrats to them. They definitely deserve that. Um, best limited series was uh, The Good Asian by Pornsack, uh, and uh, best new series was uh, The Nice House on the Lake by James Tanian. I I've heard very good things about. Apology. I've heard very good things about both of those, so that's not surprising. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. I know he's a really great writer. I like some of his Batman issues, um, so he did. Just I think his Andy Star would be pretty that's good. <laughs> For sure. Uh, best writer, uh, the nominees were Ed Brubaker, Kelly Sutkonic, Felipe uh, Melo, Graham Reed, and the winner was James Tiny in the fourth. Shout out to him. Um, best penciler were the nominees. The nominees were Felipe Andrada, Bill Jimenez, Bruno Redondo, Isad Ribic, and P. Craig Russell. And the winner was Bill Jimenez. Okay. Deserved. And he gave him yeah. a really nice speech, too. If you like or online, you should go look that up. It was very heartfelt, very warm. Yeah. He's like, he's, he, if you follow him on like social medias and stuff like that, he seems like a very warm, genuine man. He wants to help people come into this industry. He like still loves to draw. He loves his superheroes. Just, you, you like when you see passion like that in the project. In the exactly. You really, you really feel like his love of the medium and of these characters. Um, and he's always Team Starfire. So <laughs> shout out he to is. that. He's got good <laughs> Okay, so now switching over to the MCU announcements that came out. Now, yeah. these were pretty big. Um, you know, they, they ranged all over. Uh, starting with Kevin Feige officially announcing that the Phase 4 will be ending with Wakanda Forever, which comes out this November. Um, Praise. You know, it was time. I think I think we most think people are not having the best <laughs> the best time with with face for right now. It's been it's been a little wobbly. It's been wobbly since Black Widow. It's been up and down. Yeah. And, and people uh, like really don't like Black Widow. I don't know. I had fun with it. I thought it was cool. Yelena's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yelena's really cool. Um, but they did announce that the end of Phase 4 will be Wakanda Forever. So let's just go ahead and get into Wakanda Forever. Um, beautiful trailer. Like, beautiful trailer. 
took my breath away. I have I never watched home. a trailer like that many times in a row. I woke up and watched it this morning because like, I was thinking I, about it. It's like probably Marvel's best trailer so far. And like, that's not even like trying By to far. use hyperbole or anything like that. But like, when you think about trailers, like I think Infinity uh, War had a really good trailer. I think. Mm-hmm. Who else had a really good trailer? Winter Soldier, I thought, had a good trailer. There have been some good trailers, but like this one, man. Just like man, I, I truly got chills choice, watching the it. music choice, the emotion that was carried through, the lighting. Namor, he looks good. Namor, daddy, <laughs> wow. He looks good. Whoever his decided, little wank, his little ankle wings. Who and I don't even like the ankle wings. I think they're ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, yes, ankle wings. Whoever decided <laughs> that they were going to tie Marvel's Atlantean culture into like Mayan Aztec culture was like, I hope they got a raise. And like fantastic. What an idea. Because those Atlanteans they, look they, fantastic. They looked at the comics and were like, we gotta do something. Because it's not clicking. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> like that whole like scene of him with his headdress on and he's just like floating oh down in water. I was like, Yes. This mm-hmm. is a man that I can stand behind. And all those blue Atlanteans looked really cool with all the different headdresses. Oh my gosh, when they were showing that one really fast scene of all of the um, I think it's Namora. Namora and I think Atuma is also there and the Atlanteans and they were on the street and you could see them with their like breathers on their face, mm-hmm. like their water breathers. That That's cool. really cool. Also, I wonder how they're going to do it because uh, while we see Namor as like obviously human looking and they're blue, there was like a quick shot of Namora where she also had like a human look as well. So I wonder if that's going to like be something. Well, I think she's, isn't she also half human? Namora and Namorita are different characters, aren't they? Yes. So Namorita was the one in New Orleans. Yes. So that's the one I know I don't like. I thought she was like... Namora is the blue one. She cool. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Namora be ready to fight. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's the one that's most... I've only ever seen her be blue. But I think she Mm -hmm. also might be like half human or something like that. See, and I thought that was Namorita. We're looking at it. No. But Um, the movie itself looked great. He looked great. I loved everything about it. I'm really excited. I do think that is Shuri at the end as the new Black Panther. So that's that. I I expect to be very emotional because it does seem like they're going to like kill T'Challa off in the movie. So I expect that to like really kind of get me when I'm actually in the theater seeing it. I thought Riri as Ironheart was looking cute. Her in the moment with her and Shuri like dapping each other was nice. We saw Lupita. We saw Michaela Coel as Captain Anika with the Midnight Angels. Queen. I'm here to stand and like hopefully like at D23 they announce their show or give us some stuff from that because I definitely want to see more of her. We saw all the girls working. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a really nice way to end phase four. I agree. I think that um, I don't think that Namor is like the main villain. I do think there's a third antagonist and I do think it's Doom. I think that they announced we'll talk about this shortly, but like they announced the Fantastic Four will be opening the phase six as well as some of the other movies that they announced and I get the feeling that they also didn't announce any like X-Men related stuff. And I get the feeling that not only the Fantastic Four, but mutants as well will be the like after credit scene, we're mm-hmm. gonna sprinkle them in kind of thing and we, as we build to them. 
Because I don't I think, think that the Fantastic Four movie will be an origin movie. I think that we would have already known them by the time we get there. I, I kind of hope so. I don't think I need any more origin movies. But I agree with you also about the mutants and everything. <laughs> they announced that there's going to the third Guardians movie, which will also be the final Guardians movie, winning again. Uh, <laughs> yes. They We're announced free. That- that the high I just need y'all they do not represent the comic <laughs> <point>. okay <laughs> that is not like star lord in the comics you guys i promise you like if you read if you want some good peter quill content let me know cuz i will point <laughs> you in the right direction do not believe what the mcu has told you because that is not the man who we know and love that's not how we do it up in the stars <laughs> okay thank you continue sorry <laughs> um, but no, they said the high evolutionary is going to be in that one as the villain. I mean, he came out in his suit too. That was a little awkward though. It looked weird in the picture. <laughs> the body it did a little bit. The cast it was did. like not there with that. So I was like, okay. Uh, but he came out. I thought I that the, was fun. the actor is uh, Chaka Woody Woody Awuji. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, yes, and he's going to be the high evolutionary. You know, that always means mutants. Always. So it's like I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a lot of them. I, even though they didn't announce it. They announced one of those new big Avengers movies for a later phase. Um, And I'm pretty sure we will see an abundance of mutants, maybe even calling themselves the X-Men in those movies, even if they don't have their own projects by that time. Oh, for sure. Um, So getting into the phase five announcements that came out, um, I was kind of run through these. Uh, We have Ant-Man Quantumania, which will be out in February 17th, 2023. Secret Invasion in spring of 2023, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in May 5th of 2023, Echo, which will be in summer of 2023, uh, Loki, summer of 2023, The Marvels, which will be um, July 28th, 2023, Blade, November 3rd, 2023, Ironheart, which will also come out in the fall of 2023, Agatha and the Coven of Chaos, which I think they changed the name there, be out in the winter of 2023 or early 2024. Daredevil, Born Again, will be out in mm. spring of 2023. Hold on, hold on. Before we move any further, before we move any further, can we just say thank you to the almighty comic gods for returning Charlie Cox to us? You know what? I have to say that y'all did that. Like. <laughs> because that's how you get it. That's how you get it. The fans wanted that to happen, and they weren't nasty like, you know, um, some Never. other fans are trying to get something, a special, a special cut <laughs> released. They just, <laughs> they just begged for Charlie Cox to come back. Every petition that we put out, every campaign that we ran, all of the tweets, all of the videos, constantly all reposting those hallways, fight scenes, the hashtag, <laughs> like... Charlie himself just being such an advocate for returning as well. He's such a good man. He deserves mm-hmm. such good things. He's I like thank you to everyone who's involved in that. And we're getting 18 episodes. We don't we probably don't even have to see that lady come back, which I think will be fantastic. And now why you why you gotta do that? <laughs> why you gotta do that? She's gonna be there. She doesn't. <laughs> so Matt has like Matt her. has like sixty girlfriends. Like she's really not that. Yeah, but she is. She is the girlfriend. <laughs> she's really not. That <laughs> we can like talk about she's somebody else. Girl. It's That's fine. Her. Unless oh, so she come, I don't know. It, maybe if they recast her as Anna Armas, I might be into it. They might end up recasting her. I don't know what they're going to do with that cast actually. Um, 
because it seems as though he, specifically Charlie Cox, is the only one it's saving from the Netflix shows. And it's, it's Kingpin. Everybody can recover. And Kingpin, yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. I did see that Elodie Young, who played Electra, she did comment on the post. Um, like she was super excited for it. I don't know if they're gonna bring her back. Um, I didn't necessarily hate Electra in the Netflix series, but I just I didn't necessarily like the way she was written either. I don't think Elodie Young was a terrible Electra. I think she just beautiful woman. She, she looked great. Gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. when, she ripped, but... when she ripped her dress to get ready to fight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Electra, no. We'll see though. We've got some electric, yes. She'll be there. Ain't no way they got 18 episodes and she's not in one of them. So Karen gonna She'll take up all the space. <laughs> Doesn't she die? She does. <laughs> okay, continuing on with the rest of the slate. Um, Captain America, New World will be out in May 3rd, Excellent. 2024. And the end of phase five will be Thunderbolt um, out July 6th, 2024. Um, so it seems as though this next phase five is a lot of Street. a little bit of a lot of street level stuff. A lot of the we've been talking about, you know, the for a while on this show. And anytime I bring them up, I always say that it doesn't seem like they're building towards like a main one villain, but like all these lanes are kind of being built out as well. Um, and it seems like they're gonna be doing a lot more of that as they move forward. Um, so phase five seems to be a lot of the street level stuff, as well as some magic, some cosmic stuff in there, but still a lot more of the, the street level characters. Um, and then they also announced um, phase six. <laughs> they, they did not stop. I think they really wanted people to calm down and let everybody know exactly where they were going to be going with stuff. So they announced that the Fantastic Four will be starting We'll be opening the phase six and we'll be out November 6, 2024, as well as um, Avengers Kang Dynasty will be out May 2nd, 2025, and Avengers Secret Wars will be out November 7th, 2025. Now, from the looks of it, it looks like there are about maybe six other projects mm-hmm. that could have fit on this timeline, which makes me think that the rest of them are going to be revealed at D23. Mm-hmm. I expect yeah. a few more shows. I expect like the Midnight Angels. Um, I expect maybe something with Black Knight, yeah. Midnight yeah. Suns. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited for it though. You know, this Big Mama's coming, so I'm excited to see Susan make her debut. And the the Fantastic Four debuting first uh, with the Phase Six. And Kang Dynasty as well as Secret War is happening towards the end of Phase 6 means that, like, I'm going to get the Fantastic Four in Avengers movies, which will be really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's like and they're people really, they're fighting. Kang. Yeah, exactly. So, like, once once we see Kang out there, I figured that Fantastic Four would come. You know, speaking of, Doom That's is the we'll main at D23, a Doom casting. Oh. I didn't even think about that. I figured it would be the whole Fantastic Four because they've already announced that they're going to be, they'll be filming that next next year. Mm. Um, yeah, I could see that, them get doing the whole thing then, if that's the case. But I definitely, definitely think they'll be doing You're probably right. Oh, Doom. Doom is my favorite fan mm-hmm. Marvel villain. So, like, they got to get, they got to do him right. Like, that's the king. So, um, I really hope that he gets to show out and stuff. I do think that he is going to be 
remain the villain of Secret Wars as he was in the comics. But I don't know if they're going to follow it directly and include like the Beyonder and all that kind of stuff. I think that I think Doom is probably going to get his like cosmic extra power where he's the villain from mm. Kang. Mm. They're gonna be Doom versus Kang. Ooh, they, that means they gotta get somebody who can act because Jonathan is Kang. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, he's clearing. So I'm not sure if anybody had heard any of the clips that premiered or like leaked out of uh, Comic-Con, but I guess during it, they did bring out Jonathan Majors as Kang and he like talked in his Kang voice. They even confirmed that he will be in the blue and green costume. Um, I'm sure he's even got the, the thigh high boots, but they mm. did say he won't be. So mm. I'm okay with that though. Um, right. Yeah, they, they say he won't be blue. Uh, but they also said that I guess he runs into Ant-Man and Ant-Man says, you know, like, I'm an Avenger. And Kang says, you're an Avenger. I killed you before. So in like a very menacing voice. Um, so if you guys see that leak, go ahead and check it out. But I am super excited for Kang. Um, you know, I actually, I hate time travel because it gets like confusing and like convoluted. So but Kang is dope. Kang is, Kang is cool. <laughs> Kang is cool. I think he's like the only like time traveling character that is allowed on my list. I like I like him. He's cool. Mm-hmm. Um they did also confirm that phases four, five, and six together will be um known as the multiverse saga. So um this is why we'll be getting like hints at all this multiverse stuff. Definitely assume that means that probably Hugh Jackman it will be in Secret Wars. Or like they're definitely gonna fill that with cameos from Famke, Jean, she's coming back. Oh. oh, do you think they're gonna bring Hallie back as Storm? Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I love Hallie, but no, we can't do that. You know, and and you know, she's always talking about like, yeah, I would love to come back as Storm. I wouldn't mind throwing the wig back on. Sister, we we gotta let that go. <laughs> just leave it alone. I think this might be the way to like like. Cut that. Be done with it. Cut it all off and be done with it. The same way that they used Xavier in Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. I think that let's like we'll have a cameo and then this will be it. Like you never need to see them mm-hmm. again. We don't want to do that. Just let my sister Jody Smith walk up on the scene in her white wig and be done with it. Well, I don't want her in Secret Wars because I don't think I don't know if a lot of people are making it out of that. I think the mutants will. I think, and that's how we start their phase seven. Like, ooh, I agree. Here we go. I agree, but I don't want like. I don't know. I think I think I will want new <laughs> actors and everything for for this, and I think any characters that we know will be like pulled from something else because it's secret rules oh, and like the okay. multiverse. I see what, I see what you're mean. Saying. I see that for a lot of other ones. I don't know if I see that for. The mutants, because again, I think by the time Secret Wars comes around, we'll have you already we'll... Intro- introductions to most of them. I agree. I think that we'll get some like that they exist, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll be like superheroes yet. I think oh, you Kamala know what? and Namor and. <laughs> <laughs> she is mute now, so. <laughs> that is just so funny to me. Like, wow, good for her though. But you know, I think as they start to meet the other mutants in the MCU. It'll be like a big thing, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, we gotta call our people over. We gotta do whatever." And then they go. Hmm. 
I hope so. In the original Secret Wars, the mutants didn't want to get involved. <laughs> they were like, they were like, we don't really. It was like Xavier who was like, no, we don't need to pick sides. We're just gonna be off on the side and do, and kick it. A smart man. I hope that they, I hope that they kind of merge both the '80s Secret Wars and uh, the 2015 Secret Wars. Both of those are really great to me. I loved it. For the first one, yes, I know people talk about it just being um, used to sell action figures because that's basically what it was. <laughs> Your favorite action figures just fighting each other, but that's fine. And the second one, it does have a lot more weight to it, and the story is a uh, significantly better in my opinion. But I think they're both could be done. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. A um, lot of information coming out of San Diego Comic Con. Check us out to see. Um, definitely on our Twitter and everything. So we've been talking about on those trailers and everything. But let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. Cool. Welcome back to the comic section of the show. Um, just like SDCC, it was also like a very big week for comics, for me at least. I don't know. Did you have a big pull as well? No. <laughs> okay. Only had one. Only had one book on my pull this week, and it was just oh, wow. Day. Well, maybe maybe you'll hear about some things today, and you'll be able to pick something up because there were some bangers. <laughs> I actually um, for we I, we have like three main books that I want to talk about today, but I do want to do like a quick mention of a few. She Hulk number five came out. It continues the story of She Hulk and Jack of Hearts. Like, it's like specifically made for me though. I don't think anybody else is really enjoying it that much. <laughs> oh no, people don't like uh, uh, her with Jack. Uh, I guess not. I love it though. It works for me. Yeah, I, I will say it also feels a little bit decompressed at times. But again, I know the numbering and how long the issue was supposed to go or how long the book was supposed to go along has changed and fluctuated. So I don't know if that has something to do with it as well. Um, Avengers 58 came out. That continues to be like big superhero action with them. They fought like a ghost writer Ronin this issue, which was quite possibly one of the coolest things I've ever right. seen in my comic book. So, like, <laughs> um, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings number one came out. That's the continuation of the last series. If you remember, I told you he got the ten, uh, the ten Rings at the end of that, so his MCU ethication is beginning over there. Um, Artemis Wanted, number one, all the time. Uh, that came out. That's more fallout from Trial of the Amazons. You know, uh, Artemis was the one who killed Apolita, so, like, Donna and Cassie are going after her, and, like, we see, like, some stuff about Artemis and things that she's going through. We get, like, some really fun flashbacks. Hippolyta comes out. She's a stunt queen because she planned her whole death for all of these reasons, and we're just going to see... Still alive? She's about to become a goddess and join Mount Olympus. Oh, well, that's cool. Good for yeah, her. Yeah, it was, it was all her plan. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> uh, but that was really good. Uh, Batman the Night is something I've been recommending to people. It's like quietly been like an extremely fun Batman series. It's basically his training years. It's the uh, This by, is uh, Zdarsky, right? Yes, Zdarsky and Gia Domenico is doing the art and like they kill it. Like, there's been a lot of Batman series that revolve around his training, I feel like, but this one has, like, this heartfeltness and this warmth to it that we've never seen from Bruce. This issue in particular featured Zaytana and Zaytara when, like, Bruce first learns about magic from them. There's this really cute scene where they're talking about it, and he's standing there, and he's like, magic is real. And they're like, what? 
what are you are you okay? They're like, calm down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce is like, teach me magic. And Zaytara's like, never. And then like we go on from there with Zaytana doing the spell. And like it's really hot. They're kind they kind of got the chemistry. I see why Selena be a little pressed when Z pops up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then Moon Knight Black uh Black. Black, White, and Blood also had its third issue, which is just like a bunch of little vignettes of Moon Knight, and like it's all black and white except for red uh, portions of color that are going through. Something I think folks should rec- pick up as well. The next issue has a cover by Rod Rice. It looks amazing. I actually want to post it. But those are some quick tops. Um, we'll start with the big books. The first one I want to talk about is Defenders Beyond number one, and that comes from oh. Wing and Javier Rodriguez. This is the continuation of Al Ewing's last Defender series that was strange and that girl from the future and all of, in America and all of them. Um, this one features a new cast of characters, Loki and some of the folks from the last one do show back up. America's here. Tigra is around for some reason, but literally like the way Tigra pops up is so funny. Um, what happens is Stephen Strange cast a spell that is basically his last will and testament and it goes to Blue Marvel and it's telling him that someone needs to do what Strange was doing on the last run of the team and that's like protesting the cosmos and all this stuff and so Blue Marvel's like I'm gonna do it but not because you told me to he's like because I know it needs to get done And he's like, I, he's like, there's been people before who have tried to use my power for their own means and it does not work out well for them and nobody else is going to do this. He's like, the team that I get is going to be a team that I choose because these are people I trust, not because some like floating head is trying to tell me that I'm the best person to do it. But as everything was strange, there's magic and craziness going on. So like the team kind of falls into place anyway, and he gets stuck with who he does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tigra is one of those people. She like just pops through a portal and she's like, oh, she's like, I was just walking in the park. Now I'm here. <laughs> I'm just like, that's literally Tigra's existence. But okay. I don't know. Um, the book is that, and then they go through. They end up running into the Beyonder by the end of the issue. Um, again, Javier Rodriguez art like shines throughout. He does like really cool panel layout. I've been saying for a while that like while I love Blue Marvel, I think he needed new visuals because I feel like a lot of the stuff that we've seen in him is old or it's like just not the best quality. And he needed something like really dynamic and bold and bright. I think that fits his character and his aesthetic, and that's exactly what this book does. He looks so good throughout. It's really nice to see him kind of take on this leadership role and be like. Okay, the Defenders is my team. He even says it in the book. He's like, I already look into other realities and look into other universes. He's like, I've discovered a few of them myself. He's like, who else is better to do this job than me? And so, like, yeah. And I'm like, I know that's right. So I love him. So is this going like, you know, we've talked before, and I think it was from, I think it was actually, it was Al Ewing's interview that he had about like Marvel space versus Marvel cosmic and the differences between the two and how Marvel space was, you know, Thanos coming to a planet and taking it over versus Marvel cosmic is Thanos like talking with death and other like conceptual mm-hmm. like characters like that. Um, is this more space or cosmic? It's definitely going to be cosmic. I okay. feel like, I feel like what, he built on in the first Defenders was very cosmic, very broad. It kind of gets into that like ultimate type of stuff where you don't really know okay. if you're sure what's going on 100%. So you might have to <laughs> yes. <all the times. laughs> you're just like, damn, it looks good. So it's like that helps. Um, I do feel like that's kind of where this is going, but it feels a lot more toned down. Like I understood everything that was happening in this issue. And I think, again, that's okay. because 
more from the Blue Marvel side and his POV, and I feel like he is a very straightforward character. Again, he's looking at it from a very scientific, scientific, logical point. So it's like, this is what it is versus Eternity talking about like the cosmos or like Strange talking about magic in the 10th dimension of the ninth realm of like the fifth <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we'll see how it continues on but i'm definitely like i'm a lot more excited for it i really love the art again um i like the story i like seeing blue marvel in charge the team i can kind of do a little bit without they do talk about america chavez and her whole retcon of a storyline if people read her miniseries um that whole origin of her being from a different universe was a lie she's actually like some girl from like i don't know the bronx or something and she has like a sister and something's going on with her sister so she needs blue marvel's help to help her find her and that takes them on their adventure. But all in all, I'd probably give this like, I'd probably give this like a four out of five. I think it was really solid. I said, again, I think a lot of the characterizations were on point, which you expect from Al. I think the art continues to be like the best selling point for this series and the Defenders brand, which I think works for them. It should be like kooky, bold, bright. It works. I liked it. I think if you didn't really care for the first Defenders volume, don't even waste your time this is still more of that probably won't be to your speed but again if you want to try it out because it does seem a little bit more streamlined you should okay and this is a five issue mini yes it is five going five okay cool but you know you know how marvel's been doing lately if the book's doing good they might bump it up a few more issues so buy your books buy your books um, and next up on our list is Knights of X number four, and that comes from Teeny Howard and artist Bob Quinn. And um, we getting gay. Child. <laughs> <laughs> there was like, so this. The thing that has always been like extremely frustrating with Teeny and like Excalibur and Knights of X is that like you see the idea. And when you, like, think about what's going on and the stuff that's being played in front of you and all that could have, it could be, you see, like, oh, this is, like, a really good story. But the problem continues to lie in the execution for me. And I think Knights of X has been, like, very in the middle, like, for both of those reasons. I feel like she works a little bit better in, like, the smaller dose where it feels the story feels a lot more linear like you kind of follow what's going on better but at the same time she's still not really doing anything with it we are still in the exact same spot that we were at the first issue i'm sorry no i'm they actually (laughs) found the siege perilous this time they're like in it now we're at mercator but it's like we haven't really learned anything new the last issue they were all about saving mad jim jaspers to the point where gambit died so they can say oh yes he died at the end of the issue of the last oh, like died in other world yes so like it's a very big thing and so this issue opens up like they're standing over gambit's dead body and mad jim jaspers is free and he's like oh, okay i'm gonna get y'all a portal to go to where you need to go and they just leave but it's like the whole thing was about like saving him and like how did him he how the, did he die he was um merlin showed up and gambit like went at him with his little magic cards and Merlin killed him. Hmm. And they just left his body there? No, so they took his body with him, with them to Mercator, and um, but it disappeared when they got there because they all got separated and they were all putting these little like things. We know what the characters always gotta fight themselves or their biggest fear or something like that. Bessie's fighting a bunch of Captain Britons. Um 
uh, Richter like runs into Apocalypse. Megan sees a Brian who's like very mean to her. Rachel sees this girl Geraldine who's from Otherworld and she's like Betsy needs help and so that like prompts Rachel to be like oh yeah let me get up and <laughs> they start going to like rescue everybody else as time goes through. Um, the team all meets back up together. Rachel and Betsy share a kiss. Mr. M shows up. He's like your friends are coming. We see Shogo, oh, because Shogo's been hanging out with Saturnine and Roma, and they're, like, trying to corrupt his baby dragonness to whatever their means are. But he's like, we got to get to the night, so they fly him, fly them to them. But Merlin's also chasing them. And, like, Merlin's stuff is weird, too. Like, he really wants to Citadel, but it seems like he really wants to kill Saturnine. But he was just at the Crooked Market trying to um, get Jaspers and kill Gambit. And now he's already back at Saturnine's base and, like, spying on them. It's just, like, a lot happening. Like, it's a lot to get from point A to point E. And we never hit BCD. You know? Mm. And... Mm -hmm. It just becomes like a super frustrating read. I think this issue is going to be very momentous for Rachel fans. Rachel has been like a very queer-coded character for the however yes. many years she's existed. And this is the first time she's ever been in like a relationship with a woman. Betsy has been with a woman before um, when she was in Uncanny X-Force by Sam Humphreys. Phantom X has split into three different portions of himself, and one of them was a girl named Cluster, and her and Betsy got down and dirty. I know Marvel has tried to like kind of like sideline that and people argue about it being like, oh, well, you know, it was really like a female version of her boyfriend, so it doesn't count, even though it's like, it's a woman. I don't really know <laughs> what's not clicking, but whatever. But like, right. so this is like the next second female relationship she's been in. So it like kind of confirms that bias for her. But for like Rachel, this is a very big thing. I know a lot of her fans are happy. We'll see how that goes. It's yeah. I mean, I've always thought Rachel was into women. I know that my first encounter with Rachel when I was younger getting into comics was uh, the Fantastic Four. And like a point of one of the Fantastic Four stories was Rachel couldn't get with Franklin mm -hmm. like in the future because their kid ends up being Hyperstorm is like a, a villain. He's mm -hmm. like a, a a crazy villain. So they're like telling you <laughs> she can't be with a man. So I've always pretty much always kind of just yeah. saw the coding in her being a lesbian. So it's cool that they kind of and I think you know confirmed that it's nice. I mean I think there's I mean I, I've always thought Betsy would get with a better girl than Rachel if I'm not gonna, and I'm like and don't honest. get me wrong like Betsy has bad taste in her lovers but like not that bad. Like Rachel is like mm -hmm. a different and my thing of like Rachel and Betsy is like they've been around each other in a very a uh, few points of their history. I think that, like, when they were on Claremont's Reload and then, like, Ryan Wood's all X-Men uh, men team with all the girls, like, they were very, like, tight. They would use their powers together in, like, really cool panels, um, you know, do stuff like that. So I think, like, the even the covers now that they appear on together, they're hot. Like, I think mm -hmm. you can, like, make it work, but the thing about Excalibur and Knights of X is that, like, it just doesn't feel earned. It feels like a lot of, like, especially in Knights of X, Rachel is like just pining after Betsy. Where's Betsy? I gotta find Betsy. Betsy needs help. Da, 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 da. And Betsy's not saying anything back. You know, she's just kind of like <laughs> standing there. And it's like, if you're gonna give this and you wanna show that this is a mutual attraction between these two women, like make it a little bit different. You know, have them flirt, have them say some like cute things to each other outside of like, oh, I'm so worried about you. And, you know, Betsy is like an aggressive girl. And I know like, mm -hmm. TH has been doing some different stuff with her Betsy and like she's not 
completely herself. But at the same time, it's kind of like, what? She's not going to say anything? She's not going to say nothing? It's weird, but we'll see. I would hope that she would at least give it a little... Show some interest. I have yet to see the interest come from Betsy The girl who Rachel. was rolling around in the snow with Neil in front of her man. <laughs> <laughs> she sure did. Uh, Didn't care. <laughs> did not care at all. And she's just like, what? So, whatever. That's going to be there. I, like, don't really see it for the relationship. Again, the visuals are... Tight. I think you can like make it work. I think there's a lot of work that needs to go into like making it work and really making it stick. And I think in the long run, if it was to last, I don't know. I think Rachel has to become like a completely different character. Cool. Yeah. She's kind of she, like Rachel always gives me like horse girl. <laughs> like that's the kind of vibe I get from her. Like, she falls down the steps in her heels. Yeah. It's just not clicking for me. But whatever. We'll see. I, again, people are excited. We'll see how it goes. There's one more issue of Nights left. Then the book ends. Teeny has uh, written on her newsletter that she will continue to write Betsy and something else. We don't know what it is. I'm fearful that it's like a solo. Like a Captain Britain and like Strike or something like that, and she because she said like she's gonna take a few friends along with her. Um, pray for the Betsy fans. It's been yeah, it's been a few it's years. Been rough. It's been a few years, and I think like we're not used to that. We had like a really good streak for a really long time, and so like getting back yeah. to roughness is like whoa. <laughs> and it's 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 <laughs> rough too. <laughs> they just announced that they like planned the Xbox up till 2024, so we might be in for at least two more years. Mm. So just keep us in your thoughts. The Captain Britain era wasn't supposed to be like this. It wasn't. I didn't think it, it was going to be wasn't. like this. It wasn't. It was supposed to be good. When that first cover got released, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, again, shout out to the cover artists for their era because they're doing the work. They care. They carry. If nobody else is, they're doing the work. <laughs> um, all in all, I would probably give this issue like uh, 2.5 out of 5. Um, oh. I don't like this book at all. I think a lot of the cat, oh, I just, no. it's just like really, I'm good. And you know, then, you survived for a while. You still, you still beside her for a while. You know, so I'm not going to put them out there, but I be having some of the Betsy fans. They be like DMing me, and somebody said to me, they were like, I think you were one of the last holdouts. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, they were like, we think you were one of the like few. You were really trying to stick it out to the end and like do it. They were like, but I've been seeing the tweets about nights and how you're not feeling it. They were like, but you held out a long time. I was like, I did. I did. Uh, but yeah. we got we to clear the deck now. Time to change. It happens. It, it does. Everyone goes through a period. Like I said, ben, I've been reading comics for a very long time. I've seen a lot of my faves go through a lot of bad things. And like Betsy might be kind of on the low side right now, but all of my others are thriving. Mm-hmm. So I'm good with that. We'll have to sacrifice somebody soon because this can't last. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it pays. It pays to have multiple faves because you can't always win. And sometimes you got to make a sacrifice for another one. Somebody's about to get chopped soon, so we'll find out. 
Well, um, our final book of the week is Acts Judgment Day number one. That comes from Karen Gillen and Valerio Citi, and it starts off like the big Avengers, X-Men, Eternals event of the summer. Everyone's fighting. Everyone's here. The girls are, like, active. I read it, and I'll be perfectly honest with you. Despite not being, like, super pumped for Judgment Day at all, love this issue. I thought, like... I have to agree. Me too. I, I thought, like, this was a perfect starting point. I felt like we didn't, like, linger on too much of what had happened before or how we got here. It was kind of like... We're here now. The mess is starting. The Eternals mm-hmm. are, like, making their attacks on the mutants. They are being helped by Nasty Moira, and she's giving them some feedback. And I will say, let me tell you, that little telepathic warfare, warfare scene. Hot. The astral, the astral projection scene? Yeah. He comes down, and he, like, attacks all the telepaths, and they, like, jump into action. I need, like, a five-issue miniseries about just that. Mm-hmm. This is great. I love a good astral plane fight. Those are cool. Oh. Um I have to say that I think I like this premise way more than like Avengers versus X-Men or um, Inhumans versus X-Men. I think that the using the Eternals to cause this conflict with the X-Men as far as like the whole deviance thing and like that and and using their genetics and everything and that using to get the conflict going, I like that more than just like they fighting over the Phoenix Force. Or um, or the gas or whatever going around for this death cloud <laughs> that you're sending around. We're asking you to stop it, and you're like, no. What? No, right. And like, people, that's pretty bad. It's F Medusa forever. Let me let you know right now. That's not a nice period. <laughs> so I think this premise though just seems a lot like easier to kind of digest, and it just seems cooler in my opinion. Um, you know, just having the Eternals basically be coded to fight deviants who mutants uh, can be viewed that way for them. It's a better reason to get everyone to kind of mm-hmm. have a conflict there. And then you have the Avengers on the side, like trying to—they haven't this this issue doesn't really say too much about them getting involved. Like in the middle, they pretty much are just trying to stop the Eternals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the heroes. <laughs> yeah. The, the heroes are all trying to fight the Eternals. Like, they have um, Cersei locked up and letting her know, like, you know, we know you guys are doing something. You came in here before to get some information about this Celestial that we're in. And you, um, we have been tracking your energy sources and we see that you're, like, doing some stuff out there, what's going on. So I like that the Avengers are going straight for the Eternals, um, it, it does look like the Eternals, Ajax and Makari, are trying to resurrect a Celestial, and they're going to be using Sinister to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and which, like, they tell t- I don't think I like Ajax. You know I'm all about a holy warrior, but she rubs me the wrong way. She gives fanatic. She's crazy. She does give a little bit of a fanatic. It's very, like, kind of Jehovah's that's the vibe i get from that um but they're like trying they want to revive that celestial and they're gonna like they kidnap sinister so they could do it and looks like tony is like at least gonna hear them out on how to revive the celestial so we'll see what goes on there and then i guess at the hex at the end of this were summoned by druick and um, because he's going to basically sick the hex on the deviants because they couldn't blow it up the way he wanted to because Krakoa is a part of the machine and the Celestials are coded. I'm sorry, 
the Eternals are coded to protect the machine. So they can't blow up Krakoa the way they wanted to. So they had to just send all the... I did like the attack, like, warriors mm-hmm. or whatever that they sent over to fight the X-Men. That was really cool. Um, and we see that Druid, like, made some deal with... Even a deal. He presented his findings that the mutants were deviants to the rest of the Eternals took a vote to use the Unimind to go against them. They He won the vote. And he also voted to use any means that he wanted to to attack the mutants. And one of those was uh, Uranus, who is like, is he technically the uncle? But he calls him his granddad, basically. It's like the grandfather of Thanos. And uh, he tells... Druig says that he used to use him for an hour. He's like, I give you an hour. You got to go to Rocco and shut it down. And he, that's what happens. Clearly. I'm really excited uh, to see that fight. I think, like, a lot of the stuff with the Eternals and the Avengers, I thought it was like, okay, this is fun or whatever. But it was still kind of like, eh, I wouldn't read. But, like, the mute, everything mutant aspect and related. Yeah. Yeah. When they got to that page of Uranus on Rocco and he's like, hold the skull, which I assume was Cable's. And it's just like you see all like that eye, yeah. The uh-huh, and then it's like all the bones on, and you see like grand sunglasses, and you see Magneto's helmet, and you just see the sun rising, and it's just like, oh, he cleared it. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did we get here? <laughs> I definitely am excited for that fight to to play out. If we, I think it looks like all the tie-ins are going to be giving you like longer in-depth things that happened within these this first issue. All I know is I need Lorna on the response team um, handling Uranus because mm, they did just kill her daddy. The house of him does not need to ever be questioned. No, no. The oh, of the oh that would be cute if they like bring her on for that. That would be nice. I hope so. It her and her really sister. W- Wanda can come too. Sure, that's cool. Not Quicksilver, though. Unfortunately. Let him come. I mean, I would let him come, but I don't think anybody else would. It do, yeah, it seems like everybody forget about him. <laughs> Even though he twins with the girl. Um, I, would be, I would be okay if all three of them need to be a part of the response, especially Lorna. The mute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will <laughs> say they did... So I think this thing was like in twofold. So um, after a lot of this goes on, Druid connects to like all the technology in the world. And he starts telling people like, you know, hey, I'm an eternal. We know about your mutant problem and we're sorry. We're supposed to protect you. So we're like going to kill them all. And I thought like this panel of all of these people <laughs> celebrating is just like so unfair. So it was like, what <laughs> y'all were just like so mad at these people about like how they like you couldn't live. They were living longer than you, and life is important. And now here they are about to be eradicated, and y'all are going, oh, they were crazy. Um, but then he, like, brings out the Hex, who are these big kaiju-looking monsters. I'm still not really into the Hex like that, so it kind of, like, lost I'm me a little it. bit right there. <laughs> I'm ready for the fight. I like but, it. Like, and that's my thing. I think it's just going to be interesting on if they fight or if it goes somewhere else, like you said, how they, like, might flesh it out in other books. Because if that's the case, I'll check out the other books. Like, I'm definitely going to be reading X-Men Red so I can find out what happened on Arako. I'm already reading Immortal, so, like, we'll see it from, like, some of the council's point of view. We might get some more of that psychic warfare battle with Exodus being the POV character for that. King. Um, I know Exodus better shut it down. 
I know that there's been some like back and forth with me on his retconning or whatever, but like mm. I'm good, still gonna check out the issue because that's my boy. So mm. we're gonna see. So we'll see how it goes. Judgment Day. I mean, it's like it's Karen Gillan. I didn't expect it to be yeah. bad. Um, really good stuff. Uh, I'm just I'm ready for the Eternals to get stomped or whatever needs to happen with them so we can go back to doing what we need to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I kind of like the Eternals becoming like antagonists for the mutants. Mm. I think that's cool. They needed somebody new for them to fight. I guess they did. That's fine. But then, like, are we making the Eternals, like, just antagonists for the future? Or will we try and get them back to the group is good? Or will we just have like, different sex? They'll be both. I think there'll be different sex of it, but I think that, like, um, what I liked about this issue was during the talk that Cersei was having with... Um, with Iron Man and Captain America, she says, the Eternals aren't a team, we're a society. Like, mm-hmm. I know we all think of Eternals as like a team of people to say when you think of like the X-Men, but she's like, no, the Eternals are a society. And like my group of people left <laughs> the Eternal society. So I think it'll be interesting more just the Eternals as a society having conflict with mutants as a society. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm, whatever, that's fine. They do. You're right. They need somebody else to fight. I don't know. Give me something else. <laughs> um, what would Overall, you though, I would have given this. I'd give this issue a solid uh, four out of five. I think it was a pretty solid first issue. I'm coming back considering I didn't want to start. So <laughs> that, that, that's good. <laughs> um, that's fair. I also think I would give it a four out of five. Um. I have not decided. Fantastic art, beautiful. Like uh, Skeetie's killing it. Like great colors. Um, I have not decided if I'm going to like continue with it monthly yet, or if I'll just like pick it up when it's on unlimited. I'm gonna like wait till I hear some reviews of the second issue. I might go like issue by issue and see what we do. But if I do it by issue by issue, I'm gonna buy the whole thing anyway. So I don't know. We'll see by yeah. issue. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see when we come back for part two. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into the book club of the week. And, child, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So this week this week we read um, New X-Men. This was issues uh, 12 through 18. Now, well, 13 through 18. And so it starts with the pheromone girl <laughs> and... And Prodigy, like, ultimately, like, the first few couple issues of everybody, like, getting back together is a lot of, like, the same teenage drama stuff. And they're all basically fighting each other over the way that Pheromone Girl and um, Elixir, like, he was playing her. Mm-hmm. He was well, she, trying. And she's, every time somebody talks to her, it's like, they could wave at her, and she's like, no, I'm not weak. Don't just wave at me. I'm not the weak girl anymore. They're like, girl, calm down. Like, we get it. You don't want to be the weak girl anymore. Just exist. She's been burned. She's been burned. And she's got to let y'all know because the fact that you're even coming up to her to ask her if she's okay shows that you still think she's weak. You don't need to ask me anything. I'm all exactly. right. That's how she's acting. I'll let you, I'll let you know. Her. I'll let you know exactly when I need your help. And it's not now. Period. She, well, it's going to be soon because she can't do a lot. So, like... <laughs> Her and um, Pheromone Boy, I'm sorry, a Prodigy, they like make out. Boy. 
they like make out, but I guess uh, technically she like made him do it because she wanted to kiss him in front of Elixir just to make him jealous. Again, just very like, you know, the teenage drama stuff. I think, I don't know. I think back back then, I don't think I remember reading this because I after they were having this drama, they ended up having like the prom issues of this run. Um, and I remember back then the prom issues hit a little bit more for me than this part. I think I must have skipped this. Um, so issue. filling that in, that was like really the prom weird. issue is cute. Yeah. I'm sorry. I like um, Hellion and Sophia together. I think they're a cute little You like him, little thing. Um, him and Laura? Yes. <laughs> yes. Laura to me is a lesbian. <laughs> I can see that. I kind of always saw her being with a girl. But um, if she was with a guy, it would not be Sink. And it would not be Hellion either. Well, it has been, so I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good good point. (laughs) Shows how much I know. (laughs) But no, I did did like Hellion and Sophia. I think that was like a very cute little thing. Like, the good-natured, good-heart girl falling for the bad boy, softening him up. He's giving her a little edge, you know. I can change it. It's all that. (laughs) You know, we've all been there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But overall, like, I guess this run for New X-Men for me, again, I'm not too big on the art. Like, I'm not too crazy about the art. Mm. And I think... Touch and go for a a while. I think I might be too old for some of this stuff now, even though back then when I was reading it, I just still felt like it was too cliché. What did you think of the the House of M issues? Um, I like, first of all, I like uh, Hellion changing his name to Scion. I just like it. <laughs> um, and again, it feels like a bunch of like the kids being put in these like soldier-esque kind of roles because mm-hmm. they don't really know what else to do with them when they're not in the school. Mm. Whereas I feel like a lot of the other characters when they were X-Men, mm-hmm. um, like they all kind of, even though I do say I don't think a lot of the X-Men are solo characters, they still kind of, some of them still had lives outside of just being the X-Men. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like these like new X-Men kids, they're like students. They, they're students, right. I guess I didn't think about that. I guess they are just students. <laughs> <laughs> they just look like kids. I don't know. <laughs> I guess they can get a job at Burger King or something, but it's like, what you want them to do? <laughs> um, and then some point. of the managers, certain, certain type of job. But no, I, I like the House of M. Queen. Um, I like the House of Entire issues mostly because A, it showed like an extension of some of their powers and some of the things that they'd be able to do in the future. Um, I thought some of the changes they made around to the characters was interesting. Them making Dust a mall rat was like blew my mind at the time. I'll never forget about that. Jubilee was there again for some reason because she's going to be perpetually 15. Well, now she's a teenage mom, so I don't know. Um, and like you said, like Scion using his uh, different name, Sophia looked good. I really enjoyed the entire aspect of the Red Guard during House of M. 
So like cool. seeing like the training and the different students and stuff like that there, I thought was like super dope. But I loved how they like switched it. Like you had some kids training to be the soldiers, and then like you had the kids at the school with uh, Karma. They were training to be like the leaders and the ambassadors and the politicians. And I was like, oh, I love when Actually, stuff. You know what? I do like the House of M issues a lot more. I think that's when it started to kind of turn a little bit. They were doing a lot more with their powers and stuff, and you know, being little soldiers. So. You know you love the. You know what? Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you sitting up here pretending like you because we know. I do like a military. I do. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I also did like that the. Do you like the the cuckoos having different personas or like different colors or something to kind of separate them, or should they be the same? I do like the different colors. Um, I don't like it when they actually switch their hair to be like individual in that way. But mm-hmm. I like, you know, she I wears agree. she wears the green, she wears the blue. I even like what they're doing now with the and the whole like some of us always wear white except for one. Yeah. Do you think that they should be a part of this age group? Yeah. They like appeared. They appeared in these in some of the House of M issues with this. So I wondered if like should they be with them? The new X-Men? Yes and no. Like, they're a part of that class, but at the same time, I think because of their proximity to Emma, they've always managed to stay, like, apart and do other stuff. Mm. But, like, I think they're also Actually, always, those girls who are kind of seen as students. They probably should be around those kids then, and, like, they should just be the Emma Frost of that mm-hmm. group, you know, of that class. Um, yeah, you know what? The House of Empire was a lot better. Pheromone girl is still annoying. Want. She went dark. <laughs> Queen, when she made Quentin kill himself, like, oh my god, yeah. like I gagged. She was doing <laughs> it, doing it. Um, I, I think this also is like a big example of like why people want Bishop's War College or like what they want from Bishop's War College. Yeah, um, I, but I think, but I think though, this should also show that like. You gotta slim those numbers down because yeah. it's too many. You gotta it's get too many like, for that. You gotta get like a solid. I mean, this was the elite girls that was in the House of M issues being the squad. Team. So like, okay, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess I guess I can see it both ways. I do think that there needs to be some type of pared down, like centralized cast. I want to say sometimes. However. Mm-hmm. I look at something like, uh, well, I guess that's not really successful. I was about to say something like a Legion of Superheroes, which has like these really large casts, but like people don't ever really be going up from the Legion books from what I see. So maybe it don't. No, not not since a long. I feel like the Legion stuff back in the day was cool because they they did a, like a rotating cast. Mm-hmm. Like um, instead of everybody having to be present and you focused on the main seven, but everybody else was just in the background, mm-hmm. they would just you know, pick six and go. <laughs> Actually, um, you know what? No, I'm lying. I do think it can work. I think of something like Avengers Initiative that, like, was really good to have, like, a big cast. I think, especially even now in this Krakoan era, I don't necessarily think that the War College could be its own book anymore, but I do think it could excel as an X-Men Unlimited Infinity Comic. Oh, for sure. I agree. I don't know if it could be its own thing, but an Unlimited comic would be Probably where you would get a lot more of these characters. You wouldn't just have to focus on just the main six. Exactly. Like, you can show them going on missions. You can show training sh- uh, sessions. You can do a lot more with it there. Um, 
I don't know. But I'm also like of the mind that I think a lot of these students who are in these new X-Men books and stuff like that should not be students anymore. I think a lot of that's them, also true. And they should either be like on other teams, like as members of those teams or like almost transitioning to like a supervisor teacher role themselves. Um, getting reading this again now makes me realize that like I don't need to see them like doing this again <laughs> just just on Krakoa. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like these teams are really cool and Sophia was owning it during pretty much all of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the girl, that's the doll. <laughs> I'm on her side. And she was clearing it during the House of M issues ooh, too. But like that's Anna Harmon's right there. Ooh. But see again, she's like she's older. Best you casting her like as an X-Men, <laughs> not like <laughs> all the <spies. laughs> And that just makes me feel again like I don't know if we really need to see these kids like on squads and training to use their powers again. Um, the same way that you know recently, uh, I think it was this past week, we saw Wind Dancer herself in the X-Men Unlimited issue where she was a Marauder and out yeah. there using her powers. I think it's time for these characters to start doing stuff like that. You know where yeah. they're not like still training <laughs> like they at least give them a little something to do and if they are going to be like a part of a war college or something like that again it's like they're not training to use their powers or they're training to like work on the field with this team it's like you uh hey. we're coming up with new stuff and again like we saw at the gala they're working on security Mm-hmm. i don't need to see heli and try to levitate a bunch of boulders i would rather see him like out there do- doing stuff and like you know on some missions and everything so We'll see. Um, okay, so that brings us to the end of the book club, though. And uh, we'll put a a poll up on the Twitter so you guys can vote. But definitely let us know if we would like to continue on with New X-Men, um, continue with this run going into August. Or if you want to switch to something else, you can suggest anything that you would like to see. Um, some people have wondered if we could go and do the X-Men Legacy era. Um and some you other suggestions. Your new rogue agenda. <laughs> it was a suggestion, but I'm not gonna deny it. I'm gonna, I'm obviously gonna be about it too. You know, that was a great era. It's fantastic for her. Okay. <laughs> switch over to DC and do some stuff over there. Um, there's a lot of like DC books that I've never really finished, um, and that could be a lot of fun. They got a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's a lot to read. <laughs> Sometimes I can't get to it. Um, but definitely let us know if you guys want to continue with New X-Men or if you want to dive into something different. Um, send us your messages and we'll let you guys know. And we'll definitely also, again, have a poll. Um, but that brings us to the end of the show. We won't have a character corner this week because we did a lot of talking. <laughs> and we don't want this to be like three hours long. So... Um, we'll come back next week with um, some more Character Corner stuff, but you guys can check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure you rate and subscribe. We really appreciate all the love and support. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Another Relaunch. You can email us, whatever you want to, anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can watch us on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. You can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ken Lance. As always, there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here, and we'll catch you next week.